0: Manatee, would you all stand and worship? We're so glad you came to join us today for worship. We're gonna lift high the name of Jesus, the King that is above all kings, the name that is above all names. Let's worship Him with our whole hearts this morning. us together. for grace to trust you more, Lord. We trust in your unfailing faithfulness. You are the good king. You are on your throne and you are bringing your kingdom through your people. Lord, show us today how we can participate. How can we participate in your perfect rule and your perfect reign? How can we participate in your kingdom as your children, Lord? Let your kingdom come, let your will be done on the earth, Lord, as it is in heaven. Lord, give us a picture of your throne room this morning. Let us behold you on your throne and imagine you there, that you are king, sovereign over all. Lord, we give you pure exaltation this morning because you are worthy together.
1: Corporately deciding to come to this place to lift your name high. And Lord, we do. We worship your name. You are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God, we praise you. Well, New Life, um, it's usually at this time we talk about giving, giving to the Lord of our gifts, our talents, our treasures, our tithes and offerings. And if you're new to this congregation, we'll put a slide up on how to give and ways to give online or a box in the back. But this moment, I get to do something as a pastor, and uh, we call this the sacerdotal duties. That's a really fun word to say. But of the sacerdotal duties <laughs> that I get to do, one of my favorite, I think my favorite, is to dedicate babies to the Lord. And as soon as children are old enough to decide for themselves, they believe. And if any of you decide, like, I believe in Jesus, I want to make a public declaration. Well, we do water baptisms and we have a water baptism service coming up the the Sunday after Easter. But little babies, we as a church, we gather around them and we pray a blessing. And it's kind of like we as a church, we dedicate ourselves to this child's upbringing to the Lord. So would you guys come up here, Santiago and Giovanni, uh, come on up here. They have a little baby. Come on, I'll make a little space here. They have, look at this little baby, Zimmy hi, look at her with a little bow. She's precious. How old is she? Four? Four. Months Four. Look at her. So this moment represents what we do as a church. We, we dedicate and we make disciples and we lead people to the Lord. So while she is still becoming of age, of Knowing what that even means, we as a church are rallying around her. So I want to invite Allie. Would you come up and lay hands? This is Allie. She is our family ministries coordinator, and she has the task, the, the righteous burden of leading our children to the Lord. So normally she's downstairs teaching, guiding, shepherding our children, but here she is today, and I wanted all of you to know who Allie is, and so having her Pray and lay hands on little baby Zimmy. So we're going to do something as church. If you're new to this church, you're like, what are they doing? This is interesting. Uh, We're going to stretch out our hands to this family, to this little baby who's looking at me and smiling. Hi. And we do that because we have this image, this metaphor that we are together as a church, uh, stretching out our hands to this child in agreement that we're praying a blessing. So parents, look at this congregation for a minute. We are standing with you and behind you and Lord, we pray right now over Zemi. Lord, that your hand would be upon her. Your hand would be with her. Lord, I pray for a calling of, of missionary to be upon her little life. But Lord, she, wherever she goes, she will bring light into dark places. She will bring joy Lord, we pray and know that she's already bringing joy to her parents' lives, aunts and grandparents are here today. Lord, you are answering this prayer. You're bringing light through this child, your light through this child. And Lord, we pray a prayer of dedication right now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Would you thank the Lord for this little baby? Thank you, guys. Would you lift your voice with me? We're going to continue singing this song.
2: Worthy are you, God. Worthy is your name. Worthy of all praise. We worship you. Here we send in all. You deserve it all. Jesus, evermore. We worship you.
0: you would revive my friends with your life this morning that they would feel an infusion of hope and of joy and of peace it's in Jesus name we pray amen 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 I bless you guys so good to worship with you at this time the kids can be dismissed to go to their classes the rest of you turn and greet one another we'll be right back up here with the word in just a moment
1: Good morning, New Life Manitou Springs. Hey, good morning, New Life Manitou Springs. Happy Sunday, snowy day to you. There's, uh, I just want to say hi to my parents. They're stuck up in Wilden Park. Do you know it snowed like a foot up there? Crazy. So hi, mom and dad. It was yesterday, their 51st Wedding anniversary, so that's pretty cool. Uh, hi to everyone else watching online that maybe can't get down the hill. Hello to YWAM students. Thanks for being here, guys. Uh, they, they've been coming to our church, and that's really cool. Welcome. And they're planning, most of them, almost all of them planning a trip to Nepal next month because it's February now, so next month, right? What? Or Japan. Or Japan. You're going to Japan, Bailey? You're going to Japan. Okay. They're Wow. Praise the Lord. Well, who is ready to study the gospel of John. Anybody? Okay, me too. Uh, we're going to look at this phrase. I'm going to get a little, uh, you got you to gotta raise your hand, but don't worry, I won't call on anybody. Uh, so uh, how many of you, this, this first question should be pretty easy. Raise your hand if you've heard of the phrase born again. Everybody, we've heard of the phrase. Maybe it's been overused. Maybe you're not sure exactly how to define it, or maybe you've heard it in different ways, but we've all heard the term. Here's the, the the Bible buster for you. Raise your hand if you could say you know where that phrase is located in the Bible. Anybody? Couple hands, maybe maybe five or six hands. So today, you will be an expert on where this phrase comes from. It's a phrase that Jesus Uses It's in a conversation between Jesus and a guy named Nicodemus. It's in John chapter 3. And I hope the Lord really does something in this sermon. I, I always hope that. But this particular passage... It's iconic. It's very important in the text of our scripture. And I pray, I've been praying all this week, that this sermon would be like a good sermon. This is a quote that I heard somewhere, and a good sermon should do this. A good sermon should afflict the comfortable and comfort the afflicted. A good sermon, so if you've come in here comfortable, you're doing just fine, you and the Lord are high-fiving your homies, I hope this sermon afflicts you a little bit, like in a good way, challenges you. And if you've come in here, I'm going to conclude this sermon at the end with with a twist, and I'm going to say, if you've come in here today uh, afflicted, well, then I hope this sermon Comforts you. Don't you like that saying? A good sermon afflicts the comfortable and comforts the afflicted. The sermon title today is this Uh, it's a direct quote right from Jesus, right from this John chapter 3. And Jesus afflicts this comfortable kind of old guy Nicodemus with this statement. He says, No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. This conversation happens between Jesus and this Nicodemus. Jesus flips the scripts and says you can't see the kingdom of God unless you're born again and then they talk about you know what that means and then Jesus goes on to this monologue that is probably I'm gonna say it is the most iconic passage in all the Bible it has John 3:16 in it and you, every NFL game you ever go to somebody is holding a poster that says John 3:16 the the quarterback the Christian quarterback Tim Tebow any Tim Tebow fans, Uh, used to wear the the black eye uh, stuff, and it would always say uh, John 316 in his early college days. Uh, Just yesterday, I have a 10-year-old son. I have four sons, but one of them's 10 years old, and he had never, I know you're all gonna think, I'm a horrible parent, but he, at 10 years old, had never been to an In-N-Out Burger. So yesterday, (laughs) we went to In-N-Out Burger, and we saw on the, what's it say in the bottom of the cup's? It says above verse, it says John 3.16 on the bottom of the, the, the red soda cups. And it's this iconic passage. Let me tell you a story. Uh, this is something I should not have done in high school. So don't worry, mom and dad, it's not too bad. Um, but in high school, and this story—I'm going to tell the story—and it's a story that just kind of ends; it doesn't go anywhere. So, if you're like, "What's the end of that story?" That's it. That's that's the whole story. Uh, but but it's not that bad. So, I—but it is bad. I shouldn't have done this. So, it, to, and nowadays, you know, if you want to, you know, post something anonym, anonymously, you have Facebook and you have social media. You have all these things. Back in the '90s, in my high school, if you wanted to post something anonymously, you had to graffiti it. And, and I think this is the only time I ever graffitied something, and I'm not proud of it, but I graffitied John 3.16 onto a bathroom, uh, like a stall. I wrote it out in pen. I wrote out, say it if you know it with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then I put dash Jesus that's what I put on this bathroom stall and I thought it was just you know just kind of cool graffiti getting you know evangelism out there and sure enough a couple of days later someone responded with their graffiti under my graffiti and it said Jesus didn't say that and so I was like Well, he did. He did say that. So underneath his graffiti, I responded anonymously with more graffiti. And I said, yes, he did. Read John chapter 3. That's where Jesus says this. And then I thought it was kind of cool. And then then a couple days later, this person just writes one word. And it wasn't a bad word. He just writes one word. Wow. Underneath. And I just thought, wow, that's... That, the, that graffiti worked. Like maybe he listened to the word of God. Maybe he went, I don't know. So that, that's where the story ends. But it's, it's my little fun story for you about something graffitiing that I shouldn't have done. and It just ended abruptly and we'll move on now. But there's this conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus that is taken to a whole nother level. And Nicodemus comes in, we'll read it in just a second. He comes in saying, Jesus, you're doing all these miracles. You must be sent of God. And Jesus just completely flips the script and basically says, Nicodemus, you're here for a reason. You should not be surprised that you need to be born again. And so as we look at this story, as onlookers, I pray that the Lord does something in each one of our hearts. I pray that in a way, the Lord in your spirit, this Lord's spirit to your heart would completely flip something and you would see the Lord like on a new and wonderful level. I was trying to come up with a sermon illustration for this. I had coffee with uh, Jordan Kaufman. You probably know him. He usually stands here with the guitar. He's got long black hair, uh, but he's got a haircut. So now he has short black hair. And him and I were having coffee and he was talking about, um, we, we were just talking about what it, what this could look like if, uh, like a modern day example of of what this could look like. And he said, I'm reading this book about explorers on the um, uh California coast, and he said that this explorer a Spanish explorer uh was going up the coast, and he finds monterey Bay, if you're familiar with monterey Bay, it's a big bay, and when you're a sailor exploring it's all about the different bays like you can't just park a ship anywhere, you need a safe harbor, you need a bay, so he finds monterey Bay and oh, this is great, this is really cool this this must be what I'm searching for and then he decides. I, I, what if I? What, what's next? What's up the coast, just a little bit more? And some of you know your California geography to know that probably the, the geographically speaking, the best bay in the world, as far as safe harbor and uh, an entry, as far as a port, is just up the just up the coast from Monterey Bay, and it's the San Francisco Bay. And I'm, I'm telling you that now to say, you know, if you've come in here and and you're you're wondering like maybe faith is. Good. You know how's your faith? How how's going to church? It's good. It's it's great. It's you know it's good. My faith is good. You read the Bible? Yeah. Good. Everything's good. Everything's fine. Maybe there's something more. Maybe the Lord has something just up the coast from you, that that you have no idea what's there because because you're in uncharted territory, and so I pray, like I've already said, that I hope in some way this sermon afflicts you if you're comfortable. And then at the end, if you're afflicted, I pray that this sermon will comfort you. So would you stand with me? This is John chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 1 through 8. John chapter 3 says this. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at... Night. I'm going to, this is probably an important part of this whole conversation. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miracles you're doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. again." How can someone be born again? You must be born again. Verse eight, the wind blows. Think about this image. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. This is the word of God. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. God, this holy scripture, we seek you in it. Lord, may you open our hearts this morning. May you open our minds. May we be on the cusp of something new and fresh that you are going to share with each and every one of us. And as a corporate church, Lord, we thank you that your word is here. Your spirit is among us. Teach us, Lord. Open our eyes that we might see you. We pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. 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 You may be seated. Uh, Have you heard this phrase before? Say it with me if you know it. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. And that's a horrible saying. First of all, on lots of different levels. First of all, it's not true. A lot of dog trainers will tell you, yeah, puppies are crazy. They're running all over. They need to be a little older so they could you know, have the patience to learn a new trick. And you can literally teach an old dog new tricks. So it's a bad phrase on that level. But it's also a bad phrase for like a, a life attitude, like, I, I caught myself. I knew I was preaching this. I caught myself, I think it was the week before last, and I was like, I just said that. So I have an iPhone, and someone was, had an iPhone, and they're like, hey, Joe, have you uh, updated to the new iOS? How about you guys? Have you guys updated to the new iOS? Half of you probably have. And you're like, oh yeah, the day it came out, that's what I do. And I has specifically have not updated to the new iOS, because I'm like, I'm an old dog. And I don't want to do the new tricks. Like I, I, it's working just fine. Is anybody else like me when it comes to like old cars or technology? Or okay, I see those hands. Thank you for raising your hands. That's like me when it comes to that kind of stuff. But on a spiritual level, can I preach to you for just a minute? I'm a pastor. Can I preach? Can I have permission to preach. On a spiritual level, uh, that's a horrible idea. To 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 be stuck in sin, to be stuck in complacency to be stuck with addiction, to be stuck just where you are and for your own thoughts to be, well, I'm just an old dog, can't teach an old dog new tricks. I guess I'm just okay with wherever I'm at. That is a sad place to be. That is not a good place to be. Maybe some of you know someone in your life who is just like, oh, they just grew up in a different age. Let me give you an example. In my mind, this, this person is like an old grandpa kind of a character, but it could be man or woman. It could be young or old. And it's the kind of person that just says mean things, maybe racist things, maybe like jokes that are racist, and everybody's just kind of like cringing and apologizing. Oh, don't worry about grandpa. He's just... An old dog. He grew up in an old, different day and age, and so he just makes those jokes, and he's just rude and mean to to different people. That is not the way we're supposed to live. That's not we're not. We shouldn't be okay with being stuck in that kind of pattern, in that kind of meanness, in that kind of addiction, in that kind of uh, complacency. We as Christians are always charged with being born again and new. The same God that raised Jesus from the dead is alive and well in us, and he will change us. He will conform us to himself. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. So, old dog, new tricks, that's not a good saying. Uh, I I wrote it like this, so all of what I've said so far is all just the preface to this sermon. We now get into point number one uh, of a three-point sermon. Point number one is you can teach an old dog new tricks. And all of you are looking at me like, what is he talking about? I'm talking about Nicodemus in a way because he is this old dog character, at least how I see this person, and I'll, I'll try to explain why I think that, who is being told, you, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. You need to have this renewal happen in your life. And so Nicodemus, let's talk about him. If you, if you want, you can turn to John chapter three. We'll kind of reread the story here in just a minute. It says, there was a man, Nicodemus, he was a Pharisee. Now, uh, I like to play good guy, bad guy uh, with like little kids. If like you could go to a kindergarten class and you say, okay, uh, good guy or bad guy? Firefighter. Good guy. Good guy. Teacher. Good guy. Good guy. And if you went to a class, so imagine yourself in kindergarten 2,000 years ago, at the time of Jesus, you go into a kindergarten class, oh you're, you're, and you go to this uh, class and you say, hey, kids, Pharisee, good guy or bad guy, they would probably say, they would probably say good guy, this is a good guy. He's, a Pharisee is someone who knew scripture, knew theology, Knew uh, the ways of God, who was a leader, who was a rabbi. Now, nowadays, we we stand on scripture in the New Testament, and we look back to the story of Jesus, and we see all the interactions between Jesus and Pharisees. And Pharisees were legalistic. Pharisees had it. For Jesus, they're the ones that condemned him. They're the ones that brought him to court. So on and so forth. So we, nowadays, if I, I, in this room, was to say Pharisee, good guy or bad guy, you'd probably all say, well, they're they're the bad guys, aren't they? But at the time of Jesus, a Pharisee would have been synonymous with a good guy. And this particular Pharisee, Nicodemus, was a member of the Jewish ruling group. the, The Hebrew word is the Sanhedrin. He was a member of what today would be like uh, the local or the regional court. Some people even compared this to, well, since he was in Jerusalem, this would have been like the Supreme Court of his day. So Nicodemus stands as an orator, as a theologian, as a political, religious leader. He's the kind of guy that would have been uh, shaking hands and kissing babies. He's the kind of guy that if you saw him on the street, you're like, Nicodemus, can can I, come here, come here. Can can we get a selfie? And you say, look, the guys that met Nicodemus, one of the leaders, one of these great people, one of these people who in the court of law and the political systems, he was a guy that was someone. And it says in this passage of scripture, in John chapter three, that he came to Jesus at what time of day? Night, Night, actually, that was a trick question. What time of day? Uh, Not, it was at night. And I picture like this is because maybe he had a hood on maybe we we don't know but he's coming to jesus people didn't go out at night in this ancient culture there weren't street lamps there wasn't headlights there wasn't uh i don't i don't know places like open all hours of the night people went to bed when it turned night because there wasn't there wasn't light they were they were lit by candles and torches and so to go out at night and to find jesus i think john the author of this gospel is saying He was sneaking around. He didn't want people to know that he was going and seeing Jesus. And this Nicodemus finds Jesus, and he says, You must be a great teacher because of all these miracles you're doing. No one could perform these miracles if it wasn't for God. And that's when this conversation switches and gets, wham, right to the heart. Here's this comfortable Nicodemus. Someone who's politically well known and in the height of his career. And Jesus afflicts him with a challenge and truth. He says this this is point number two. It's a direct quote, it's also the title of this sermon. No one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Can you imagine, like just coming in, asking, wanting to know more about Jesus? thinking this is, oh, maybe Jesus will tell me about himself, and it all just gets switched and flipped onto you. Why are you here? Let me tell something. You shouldn't be surprised that you need to be born again, is what Jesus tells Nicodemus. Let me read. So we already read, but let me reread. Now you're getting into the the mind of this character, Nicodemus, who has come to ask Jesus about himself. John 3, verse 1 It was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night. Rabbi, we know. So it seems like they've been talking about him. We know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. That little phrase, truly I tell you, it's one of my favorite phrases in the Bible, mainly because one of my sons, Rowan, the 10-year-old, I took him out to an In-N-Out burger yesterday, same kid, Uh, every morning, Monday through Saturday, uh, I spend time... Uh, some Sundays, some uh, days we don't get to it, but most days we do. I, I spend about 15 minutes with each of my boys, and I have four boys. So it takes about an hour. And my wife, who is here, she makes breakfast and feeds them. Yesterday was grits and sausage. Mom, I want a waffle too. Mom, where's my latte, Mom? And so she brings the food, and me and each boy take 15 minutes. We the the, the little boys are with children's Bibles, and the older boys, like Rowan, he's 10 now, so he's reading the gospel. He just read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John uh, all last year, and now he's in the book of Acts. And he was really excited all through his reading of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Every time he would get to this, one of these sayings, and in the gospels, it, it happens about 80 times, this little phrase, truly I tell you. He would get really excited. Dad, what do you think Jesus is going to say next? And as a parent, that's pretty cool to, to to see your kid get excited about scripture. And said, Dad, can we highlight every truly I tell you? And I said, sure, let's highlight it. So every time we saw a truly I tell you, he had a little uh, purplish red highlighter and he would highlight it. And he would also scream and kind of sing song, truly I tell you. It kind of sounds like this, truly I tell you. And he'd wake up the whole house and that's what his true. And so when I hear that, when I think of this passage, I see that this saying happens twice here. Jesus is really wanting to get a big point across to Nicodemus. Truly, I tell you, truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. This is one of those phrases that, wow, that... that what does he mean by that? And Nicodemus then asks Jesus, what do you mean by this? And and I've always pictured this character Nicodemus as kind of like a, a Homer Simpson a character, maybe a Ron Burgundy character, maybe an Al Bundy character because of his response. I picture like a anybody Dumb and Dumber fan, like a Lloyd or Harry in Dumb and Dumber because Nicodemus' response is a bit bizarre and very literal. Verse four, he says, "'How can someone be born when they're old?' Nicodemus asks. "'Surely they cannot enter a second time (laughs) "'into their mother's womb.'" And you gotta wonder, like, who is this guy? Like, why is he asking this? And I've always pictured, like, a bumbling Homer Simpson of a character, like, like, asking, like, "'How does this work? How does this happen?' But Nicodemus is not a bumbling character. He's someone who's high ranking. He's he's an orator. He's uh, some sort of lawyer who has made his way into the court system and now stands as, as a judge. This guy is no dummy. I think what he's doing here, to give Nicodemus credit, because maybe you've thought the same thing. Like, how can this guy, like, obviously Jesus is speaking metaphorically. Who would ask about, like, who would bring this into a literal sense? What a ridiculous thing to do. But I think what he's doing is he's bringing hyperbole. He's using rhetoric to get Jesus to explain exactly what he means. I'm hearing you. And that literally means this. But I want you to explain it to me literally. I don't really know what you're meaning. So I want you to explain this really well. And then Jesus does. He says, flesh gives birth to flesh. But I'm talking about the spirit. Spirit gives birth to spirit the implication here is that you nicodemus this old dog this someone who's comfortable someone who's made it in their career someone who has made it religiously speaking someone has made it theologically speaking they are looked up to you should not be surprised nicodemus that you need to be born again this is this is a warning for people like me people pastors people who are leading worship, people who are teaching kids ministry, people who come to church every Sunday. This is a warning to all of us to not be comfortable with where where we are at and not be surprised that God himself is speaking and saying, we need to be born again. We can't just look to the past and say, oh, in the past, I, I did this thing. I used to go to church. I did an altar call. I went to a Billy Graham crusade. I, I don't know. You can look in your past and you can name things, but God is speaking to us in the now saying, you, you need to be born again, and it needs to be now, and it needs to be new, and it needs to be fresh, and it needs to happen again and again. Let me compare um, uh, what I'm saying spiritually with something like marriage. And uh, I was just going to speak about marriage, but my wife is here. Would you come up here? She's got to to put her notes down. I'll probably get in trouble later. Like, why didn't you tell me? You were going to come up. And uh, so this is my wife. And we've been married. Do you you know how long we've been married? 17 years. (laughs) That is correct. So last month we celebrated 17 years. I got her roses, 17 hot pink roses. And uh, this would be uh, a bad example of what I'm saying. So... If Erica came to me and said, "Joe, our marriage—it it could use some work. Our marriage um, isn't what I'm what I've hoped for. I'm finding that we're growing apart." If she approached me with that, a bad response would be for me to just be like, "Like, don't you remember?" like 17 years ago, I got down on one knee, I asked you to marry me, you said yes, and then we got, we we were standing before the preacher, his name was Ross Parsley, anybody remember Ross Parsley? Uh, He asked us, do you take this woman to be lawful wedded wife, having a hold from this day forward, for better or worse, and I said I do, and then he asked you, and you said I do, like what's the big deal? Like that would be a bad response, Right. Okay, guys, yes, that would be a bad response. And if she was like, well, I just, I want to get closer to you. I, I want to grow in our marriage. And another bad response was like, like, don't you remember our honeymoon? Like, we went on this honeymoon. I took you to, to I took her to Bali, Indonesia. We couldn't afford that, but, but I took you there. <laughs> and we had a whole week. We walked hand in hand and watched the sunset. Don't you, that would be a bad response to just point to the past, Right? A good marriage, here, I take my hand, would be waking, and you all know this, like a good marriage is waking up every day and saying, I'm, I'm sorry, when I'm sorry needs to be said. It's getting up in every day, being new to each other, being born again in our marriage, and, and yes, celebrating the past, but in the here and the now, knowing that we're walking together. Can somebody say amen to that? okay you could you could sit down well done um, you know I think about this this analogy and I think about um, some of you that have come in here uh, and I'm just uh, just afflicting you I'm just punching you again and again, and I hope it's just not me punching you, but the Word of God and Jesus punching you just just giving you punches to the stomach because maybe you're like me, like Pastor Joe. like I, I, People know me as a spiritual person and I've been punching myself and asking the Lord through his, his word to afflict me all this week. Lord, make this new and fresh and real. Let me not just preach about being born again, but Lord, may I be born again. And some of you, I just hope I've, I've been punching you in the gut all morning with the word of God. And then here's the other side. Some of you have come in here afflicted. And I'm, I'm getting overwhelmed with emotion just thinking about like yesterday I was texting with someone because I found out they had just lost a baby. And here we are dedicating a child today. And I'm thinking of someone in this congregation who has lost a child. They're coming in here afflicted. This morning uh, I found out uh, one of my, one of Erica's close friends, and a friend of mine, his father died. And we, I was like, Erica, send them a message that they're. Their father just died this morning. So some of you in this room are, are coming in here and you're, you're already coming in afflicted. And so now I want to I wanna speak to you because, because you don't need a punch in the stomach. You're, a good sermon should comfort the afflicted. So I want to give you really good news. I want to word it like this. This is point number three. And it's the same thing, but it's, it's worded a little different. You can be born again and and Jesus is telling Nicodemus you need to be born again and he's kind of punching him in the gut and afflicting this this character who's known for being the religious scholar and but I want to tell some of you in here that you can be born again that that that's part of the good news message that that you know I, I maybe I think about it this way like uh maybe literally like Nicodemus uh to get Weird. Um, what's the role of a baby in getting born? Like the mom goes into something called labor, like we call it labor, right? Like moms go into like uh, labor. How many moms have did like a five hour or more labor? Any moms? How many moms did an eight hour or more labor? Oh my goodness. How many moms did a 12 hour or more? A couple hands? you, you moms need to go to the retreat this weekend and just have some tea. <laughs> Talk about it. Um, uh, What's the, just getting like literal and kind of weird like Nicodemus did, what's the baby's role in getting born? Nothing, right? Like what's the baby got to do? Just nothing. The baby's the one being born. The good news here, what I want you to know, is that it's the Lord who does this work. It's, it's, we put our faith in him, and I want to comfort you. I want to tell you right now, for those of you that need to hear this, that it's the Lord who, who does the work for us to be born again. We don't have to point to the past and say, Lord, look at these things I've done for you, uh, these disciplines, this and that. The Lord is the one who does the work, and we are invited to be born again into his kingdom And it's new, and it's every day, and it's reoccurring, and it's now, and it's in the future. And yes, we celebrate the past and the things the Lord has done, but God is doing something new in all of our lives, and I want to tell you that. Um, I have a little bit of time, because I'm I'm usually in, uh, like, we got just a little bit of time. I want to tell you the rest of the story with Nicodemus, because some of you don't know. Like, it's this character That in John chapter three, he has this conversation with Jesus in the night, and then it's like we never hear about this guy again, but we do. Did you know that Nicodemus is mentioned twice more in the book of John? Some of you are like, oh, that's that guy? So the first one is John chapter seven. So here we are, John chapter three, Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night, Jesus says you need to be born again, then the conversation just abruptly ends and they start uh, doing other things, John the Baptist gets talked about, and then uh, the story. We're just like we don't really hear about Nicodemus again, except for this one-liner in John chapter seven. Uh, Nicodemus kind of stands up in a crowd and stands up for Jesus. The crowd is kind of saying we should condemn this man. Nicodemus has one-liner and just says we should let Jesus speak for himself before we condemn him. One little liner, and from that you wonder like, okay, Nicodemus is speaking up for Jesus, but uh, you know, we don't we don't know any more than that. Did he, did he become a follower? Did he become a disciple? Like, what was going on in his life? We don't know from that line. But then, some of you might not know this: in the very end of the Gospel of John, he is mentioned one more time. He's mentioned right after the death of Jesus on the cross. Did you know that the person who takes Jesus down from the cross? While all the other disciples have scattered, while Peter is denying Jesus, Nicodemus, in full light of day, in in front of a crowd, is there taking Jesus' body off of the cross. He is the one that carries it to the tomb. He's the one that puts spices and prepares the body. And I can't help but, but just know for a fact that, well, gosh, John, the author of this book, is telling us... He became a follower. He put his faith in Jesus. There he is at the cross in the full light of day now, taking the body of Jesus down, not knowing, I assume, that in three days, Jesus would rise. In three days, Jesus would appear to all these people. Nicodemus was born again. I have a question for you. The question I'll end with is, are you born again? Have you put your faith in Jesus in such a way that you would say, Yes, I, I have been and I am being and I will be born again daily, re my faith and my life into Jesus. Would you stand with me? The, the band can come forward to lead us in one last song. If you're serving communion, you could come down and get ready these, these elements here. Um, communion is this sacrament that we do every single week. So at this church last week, right at this time, like where were we at? Literally, we were right here and we were about to come through the lines of communion. Guess where we'll be next week right at this time? Right here, like like about to receive communion. If you're new to this church, if this is your first time here, you are welcome. If Jesus is your Lord, please come forward, receive these elements. The communion servers will say, Christ's body and blood for you. Would you receive the elements? Would you go back to where you're standing? or would you just stand there and wait? Would you hold it? We're all gonna receive together. But as you come, I want you to think about Jesus having a conversation with you and in your heart. He's asking you, he's he's telling you that you need to be born again and offering you the, the can. You can be born again. So as you come, let me pray a blessing over you. Lord, Would you do something in our hearts? Would you shift our thinking to be more like you? Would you allow us to consider our own lives and and afflict us where we need to be afflicted? Challenge us with the thought of being born again and where in this room we need to be comforted. Lord, I pray, would you comfort? So Lord, we, we come through this line, we receive your body and your blood and we remember every single week, that that your mercies are new every day, every week, every month. This is the body of Christ for the body of Christ. This is your cup, Lord. This is your body being shared with us. And Lord, we come and we receive it.
3: No tongue can
1: the bread and remember that Christ's body was broken for you he was on the cross and he was broken for our sins and it's this character Nicodemus who was told you need to be born again it's he, he that took our Christ, our God's body off the cross and brought it to the tomb and how could he have known that Jesus would rise. We believe and we hope that just as Jesus was risen from the dead, we too will rise. So we eat this bread and we remember his body broken for us. We take the cup. Jesus says it's the cup of a new covenant. We take it and we receive the newness of life, the, the cup that's Jesus talks about, a cup full of the Old Testament is a, we're a cup overflowing with goodness and mercy. And Lord, we take this cup and we take it into our lives. Praise you, Lord. So Lord, we, we take this moment, it's at the conclusion of this service and we, we examine our heart and we examine our own mind and Lord, we say, Would you show us? Would you make us born again? Lord, we lay things aside that we need to lay aside. And we run to you and say, Lord, we we follow you. Every day we will be born again. Put our faith in you again and again, all over, because you are the one who does new things. You are the one who takes the dead. And you rise them. You raise them to eternal life. And so, Lord... We look with you in hope that you will take us, dead and in our sin and sometimes hopeless and looking at our own lives and wondering what good is there. Lord, you take us and you become the good inside of us. You take us and bring us to eternal life. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, you would like prayer, the, the, myself, the communion team will be up here to pray with you, to pray for you. We have a team of volunteers. We'd love to pray with you. Uh, if you're new or newish, or you're just visiting for the first time, uh, we have a gift for you. We have a, a devotional, a year-long devotional written by our church. And we also have from this very congregation, New Life Manitou. We have an album. We put it on a CD. We'd love to give you that. Would you fill out a visitor card at the very back? or do the QR code on the back of the chairs, uh, and and you can just tell them back there that you did that, and we have a gift for you. A couple more announcements. Uh, We would love to have you consider joining our volunteer team, especially our kids' ministry. Allie, who's right here, she's gonna be in the back. So when you see Allie, uh, she's gonna give you like the the eyes of like, hey, come talk to me. Go talk to her. We would love to have you help. Uh, There's opportunities with our kids' ministry. Downstairs, our middle school ministry, our high school ministry on Wednesday night. Speaking of which, uh, this Wednesday is first Wednesday, so our high school group, 633, is going to meet up at New Life North. In fact, we're all invited to go to New Life North for a one-hour-long prayer meeting at New Life North, joining all the other New Life congregations this Wednesday at 630 up at New Life North. Our men's ministry, any men in the room? Okay, good job. Men, uh, whoop, whoop. Uh, we are launching our men's ministry for the year this Thursday. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look at every single man uh, and say, come this th- Thursday. Did I say Wednesday? Come this Thursday, 6:30 for our opening, and just have an idea of like this is something I want to be a part of. We're going to overview the year. We're going to talk about the five purposes of a man and overview that, kind of overlay that with the book of Nehemiah. There'll be free food. There will be. We usually don't do this, but because the the next announcement, our women's ministry has a retreat this Thursday, we will have children's ministry for the men's groups. So if you have young children, uh, bring them and we'll feed them and we'll feed you and talk about the year. That's this Thursday, 630. And then last but not least, our women's ministry Retreat is happening this week on Thursday. You could look up more information online. It's about belonging, becoming, and believing is the theme. Where they're going to look at uh, the the Samaritan woman, and my wife is going to be there. Jenny Sue's doing some of the teaching. Laura, who's somewhere, is going to be leading worship. Uh, the the cost is kind of a scale depending on you know if you're on a tight budget or you want to share a room or you want your own like nice suite. They have a really nice Airbnb please consider joining if you're a woman in here. It will be a retreat that just, it will help you. Uh, you'll, You'll feel relaxed and you'll feel welcomed and you'll gain in friendships and you will seek the word of the Lord together. So those are your announcements. Let me pray a blessing over you. If you're okay with it, if this isn't too weird, would you just open up your hands and receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace.